right, all right. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to High Desert Word Center on Easter Sunday. Jesus is alive. Can we get an amen today? Hallelujah. It is the greatest day in history. It's our favorite day of the year. I love Christmas because we celebrate Jesus was born. But praise God, he died three days ago and he rose again. He didn't stay dead. That's the best news that a guy like me has ever heard in my life. Amen. And so we're going to have a wonderful time today. we got all sorts of activities. The kids are doing a performance. There's an egg hunt later on. They've got parties in their classes. So uh, just stick with us. we got a lot to cover, but we're going to have an awesome, awesome time today. Can we go ahead and stand up together this morning for just a minute? We always open up every service around here by speaking some words of faith over the United States of America because we love Jesus, we love America, and we want to see this nation uh, return to him, and uh, and we want to see a revival, amen, and see uh, the Lord do some great things here. Hallelujah. All right, well, let's go ahead, and we are going to speak these words of faith together. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name, and in unity, we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America, in Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord a shout of praise today. Hallelujah. All right, you may be seated. We're going to go over some of our announcements now. Pastor Katie's going to handle that. We want to remind you that we've got family photo booths set up right back there. So after service, get in line. We got some photographers. We'll take a picture of you. And the best way for us to get it to everybody is to get it on Facebook. You can go on there. We've got a card for you. And you can uh, grab your photo, download it, share it, whatever you want to do. But we want everybody to take advantage of that. Because, hey, how many days of the year do you all dress up so nice together as a family, right? I know it doesn't happen that often. you got to get it on picture or no one's going to believe it happened, right? I don't know. Anyway, all right, praise God. And, and kids... We just need you to make sure the cupcake doesn't get on your outfit before the end of service. Yes. You know what right, I'm saying? Yeah. Right? Yay, parents. Yeah. Praise God. So they're going to have a great time in class today, and they're going to learn all about Jesus being alive. But before that, they're going to minister to you here very shortly, which we're very, very excited about. So after announcements here shortly, they're going to line up along this wall. If you have a child with you that's not performing today, when we call their age group, make sure that they're able to go line up. They're, of course, welcome to stay with you in the service, but they are having a super great time in their classrooms. So if you would like for your child to go to class with them and they're not in a classroom yet, after the performance, when we dismiss, have them line up on that wall. You can walk them there or if they're old enough to go themselves, and then the teacher will walk them to their classrooms. Amen. Students who are first through fifth grade, are going to be picked up at the building behind this building in Victory Hall. And any one of the ushers in a gray shirt can help you get there if you need to get there. If you have a preschool or a kindergartner, they're going to be picked up in this classroom up top. So at the top of the stairs, you're going to hang a right. Okay? 
So after service, all of us are going to go outside and have a grand old time yeah. opening those eggs, Woo, gathering yeah. and opening those eggs. But what that's about, right, is that Jesus opened that tomb. Yeah. So we've got scripture in there and candy in there, and we're going to go celebrate together. So make sure you pick up your children after service. Then you're going to wait outside that roped off area until someone gives you further instructions. We won't bug you with that now because there's a lot of information coming. But after service, pick up your kid and go to the rope, okay? All right, and there also is bags for them. If they didn't bring a bucket today, we'll take care of that. Don't worry at all. There is no PM service tonight because by the time we do all that, we presume that you're going to go love Jesus and take a nap. So no PM service tonight. This coming Tuesday... There is, in our coffee bar here, going to be an interest night for Victor Valley Christian School. If you or friends of yours are interested in another school option, you can meet with us 7 o'clock Tuesday night in the coffee bar here. There's some little info cards on the information booth if you'd like to take those as well. And coming up at the end of April, we have a marriage event called Marriage Refresh. It's going to be a Friday night and a Saturday morning. Yes. So if you're newly married or been married a long time, or you like your marriage or you don't like your marriage, that's great. This is what you should come to. And we'll make sure that you're refreshed and that you have a great time. It's going to be a catered event, so we're going to make sure you're well-fed and that you have a nice, comfortable place to be. There is child care provided, so we'll take care of that as well. So there's almost no excuse other than the fact that you need to notify your job that you won't be at work those evenings. There you go. Okay? So... Saturday and Friday, so Friday and Saturday, April 29th and the 30th, it's $50 a couple. And there are cards for that on the info booth as well. One more thing. National Day of Prayer is coming up on Thursday, May 5th at 6 p.m. As well as our mother-daughter banquet that weekend. There is an info card for that on the info booth as well. So if any of these things you're going to sign up for, make sure to grab a card before you leave. But our mother-daughter banquet is a really great opportunity to bring your mom, your kids, your neighbor lady who needs loved on for Mother's Day to an event to show them that you love them and care about them, build them up and encourage them. It's $12 for an adult and $10 for 10 and under. And the theme is singing in the rain. So bring your coolest rain outfit and we'll have a costume contest as well it's going to be a really great time there's lots going on and coming up so make sure that you're getting connected okay all right very good so we've got a lot going on around here and our whole theme at high desert word center our our focus and our calling is to families and we call ourselves a family church and that's why we're investing into the marriages of barstow investing into the parenting we want to see barstow have the strongest healthiest Christian families of any city in America. Amen. And so take advantage of all this. It's what we love. We love families and we love kids. All right. What we're going to do now is we got a little bit of a, just an opening video, a a little bit of a lighthearted video called uh, the Easter story according to kids. And so it's a video of kids telling their uh, version of the Easter story. And it's a little bit funny, but anyway, we're going to watch that and then we're going to get into some of our kids doing some things today. Amen. So go ahead and let's watch that video, Maylee. After Jesus died, they put Jesus in a tomb and wrapped him with some 
white paper. They put a big stone around it and place cards in front of the tomb to let nobody go in. He was just waiting for the three days. He's probably drinking soda while eating hot Cheetos. <laughs> he would probably play games like Candyland and then have a party by himself. <laughs> the okay. Easter Bunny was hiding behind a tree. <laughs> he probably went out there and did just throw eggs everywhere. And then he going to say, there's one money egg, so you better find it. You get some money. Three days later, there was a big earthquake. I think we should go away somewhere safe. It's like I'm getting out of here. The earth is shaking. Run for your lives. <laughs> and the guards ran off because they got scared. And then on Sunday, Mary and some of her friends came with some spices. But when they got there, the tomb was empty. His clothes only was there. Then an angel came and said, Don't be afraid. Jesus has risen from the dead. Go tell the go tell everyone go tell the good news. Mary and her friends went and told the disciples. She said, Jesus has risen from the dead. Guys, guys, Jesus has risen from the dead. And the disciples didn't believe them. No, that couldn't happen. Jesus can't raise from the dead. Uh, I don't believe it until I see it. But all of a sudden, Jesus, Jesus just came, just was there. I am Jesus. I am the. I'm the. I am the Son of the Lord God, and I am Jesus, your friend. And then the disciples said, "Jesus, it's you! Yay! Jesus is alive!" Totes cool. Jesus, before he left to heaven, he said, "I have done what I have came to done." Do. And then he risen, then he was going up to heaven. His disciples were crowded around him. The disciples said, holy guacamole. I can't believe Jesus really flew. That's awesome. Now what? Let's go tell the news. With their hopes dashed, the disciples are hiding together in a house in Jerusalem after the crucifixion. Terrified and unsure what to do, they plan to head back to Galilee under the cover of night to avoid arrest. But then Mary Magdalene comes with great news that's too good to be true. The tomb is empty. Either Jesus is alive or Mary's gone crazy. If he's dead, then it's over. If they killed him, they'll come for us too. and Joanna burst through the door, winded and excited and filled with pure joy. Peter! John! What is it? You have to come with me quickly! Are they coming for us? Do we need to hide? I saw him! He talked to me! Who did? There's an angel! He's alive! Who is? What the are you Lord? talking about? You're scared, Mary. We all are. It's true! Sit down. Have some water. No, there's 
me to come and find you. I don't believe it. That is crazy. Have you lost your mind? It's the grief. It made her mad. But I touched him. I can hardly believe it myself, guys. But he told me to come and tell you. It can't be. He said, do not be afraid. To all of us, do not be afraid. So then he's not dead? He's alive. And I want to go and see him. It's just like he said, Peter. If he's alive then, then this changes everything. Not having faith in what he had heard, Peter then runs to go see things for himself. Where are you going? To see the tomb to see if he's risen. Then if everything he said is true. Everything. Now everyone has run to the tomb, but Mary stands alone and complete awe of what she has seen. He's alive. He's actually alive. Do not be afraid because he is
done, friends. Well done. Okay. So Jam Junior, if you're preschool and kindergarten, you can go to Miss Beth at the very front here. Miss Beth. And if you have a preschooler or a kindergartner that you need to take to class, if you want to line up with Miss Beth right now, that would be great. Well done, friends. Great job. Great job. Okay, all right, JAM students, first through fifth grade, job well done. Thank you for helping them. You guys can stand and follow Miss Leah. Okay, Miss Leah, can you wave at us? Okay, if you have a first through fifth grader that did not sing with us today, go ahead and take them this direction. And Miss Leah and then Miss Lily and Virginia, they're in the yellow. Oh, wonderful. Well, thank you for being a part of that and watching our students today. Amen. Let's hear it for those kids one more time, all right? Uh, we love that. And they're so cute. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I love seeing all of them in their little Easter outfits. That is just the best thing in the world to be. I love that. All right. Well, before we move on, we want to take just a minute. And we want to welcome anybody that's with us for the first time today. If I could have my welcome team uh, come on up. Uh, this is a very special day. We want to make sure that you feel welcomed and at home today. And we would love to have you come back with us anytime. So we have a welcome team here in each section. If you're with us for the first time or maybe the first time in a really long time, could you just slip your hand up real quick? We got something that we want to give you today. Amen. All right. Let's hear it for all of our uh, first timers with us today. Amen. All right. We got some up in the front here. All right. If you just keep your hand up for just a minute, uh, they've got an info card and a welcome packet for you. And what's going to happen is after the service, we'll have some welcome members up here. They'll have a little yellow sign so you'll know who they are. But if you'll give them your info card, we've got a gift for you. And we even have a gift card to a local coffee shop. And you're like, which one? Because what? Barstow has three now. We have three options, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. I used to just be Starbucks or, uh, you know, McDonald's, but hey, we are moving on up in the world, my friends. We've got three choices. So anyway, uh, we have a, a gift card for you. If you'll turn that into them after the service, we would love to bless you and say thank you for being with us. But it is an awesome, awesome day to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Well, I'm going to go ahead and have Pastor Samples come on up. We're going to take our Sunday morning tithes and offerings. Amen. So this is our weekly tithes and offerings time, and uh, we're just going to go ahead and have a good time with it. Amen. Amen. What were those kids awesome? Thank you, Lord. And, 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 you know, I think about that. Just think of all the work it took for the adults, for the leaders, the teachers to get all that together. You know, I just think about, you know, getting a handful of kids together is one thing. To have that many kids do what they did and do it in unity with no clubs and the sound and everything, man. There was a lot of people did a lot of things to make that work. But the main thing is we want to glorify Jesus. Amen. He, he's what it's all about. Well, hold up your hands. Use an envelope for your tithes or your offerings. This is our regular Sunday morning tithes and offerings time. 
And if your visitor's first harbor is like that and you want to participate, that's fine. But the main thing is, this is for people to come to want to hook up with God and tithes and offerings, and you're more than welcome to if you want to. But I want to share Bible, a couple Bible verses with you. I'm in the New Living Translation. I'm going to look at Matthew chapter 6. Amen. Matthew chapter 6. And we're going to look at verse 31 and 32 and 33, actually, too. But, but uh, what, the, what this passage is about, Jesus is talking about life on earth. And how many know if the goal is to go to heaven? Amen. We want Jesus in our hearts to go to heaven. But between the time that a person receives Jesus and goes to heaven, we still got to live. And we're at a time right now, Christ is really in the world and in the financial realm right now. Has anybody bought gas this week? Anybody have to buy any uh, groceries this week? How about clothes or anything else? Are prices up a little bit? Well, Jesus in Matthew chapter 6 talks about this very thing about how, 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 how fruitless it is to worry about everything. How many believe that God is greater than anything on earth and that God can do anything? But the thing is, it always takes two sides to get God results. It's the God side and then your side. God's always got a part and you've got a part. And to go to heaven, God said he sent Jesus. That's what today's all about, the service and everything we're doing. But then he said the person, when they hear about Jesus, has a part. They either got to say, Jesus, I want you, or just ignore it. Well, same thing about your money. After, after you're born again Christian especially, then you're, you ought to be able to pray and see things happen. But it has to do how you live, too. And so Matthew chapter 6, these verses say this, verse 31. He said, so don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat, what will we drink, what will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. And you know what I dare say? These things dominate the thoughts of believers right now, too, about thinking about things, about the gas, about the food, about all these things. He says, but your Heavenly Father already knows all your needs. How many believe that? Well, amen. Well, you know what? There's one thing of our Heavenly Father knowing about it. It's another thing getting Him to move on our behalf. Amen? And so He tells you what to do here. He says, seek the kingdom of God above all else. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need except gas money. Everything you need except a new pair of shoes for that kid that's already grown two sizes this year. He says that when you put God first, when you put God first, says he's going to give you everything you need. And so, you know, uh, we're not a church that's just a religious church that says we come together because it's just something good to do. We're a social place where you don't come here. We have people that believe like we believe. We're a church that teaches how to receive from God. And so he says right here that God already knows that, you know, I even think people, unless they're an absolute atheist and don't believe in God at all, but I think everyday people, whether they live for God or not, they really know that God knows everything. And he sees everything. That's what Jesus said. But he said, our part is to put God first and that everything we need, he'll give unto us. And so, you know, I just want to encourage you 
if you're already a born-again Christian and you know about tithing to God, then be a faithful tither. And if you've been a casual church attender and you just work God into your schedule with something else that's not going on better, then get serious about that. Start putting God more first in your church attendance in everyday life. You start doing that, and I will guarantee you, based upon the words of Jesus, your tank will never be empty. You'll always have food in your refrigerator. You'll always have clothes for your kids. You'll have education money. He said everything you need. And so God's smart enough to know that no matter where you live in the world, he knows what the needs are in your community that you need. Amen? And so I just want, I just, I just want to encourage you. Do what Jesus said. Start putting God first and not what is convenient. And when you do, you're not going to worry anymore. Worries may come, but you say, nope, God's taking care of that. Everything's okay. Amen? Amen. Well, let's stand up. And every, every, every time we receive offerings here for Jesus... We, make, we, make, we confess the Word of God over what we do because confessing the Word of God brings God on the scene in our lives. We're going to make this financial faith confession and then bring your tithes, your offerings up, up to the altar and, and put them in. But, uh, and, you know, even if you're here for the first time, when we, when we do this, a lot of us stand around the altar up here. We sing up here, worship God up here at the altar area. You don't have to, but if you want to, you're more than welcome to, and then we'll go on with the service. Amen. Let's make this confession. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, to meet all my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give justly to the kingdom of God, to promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. We're going to sing together this morning, so remain standing if you can. Let's sing together. The King of all creation Set aside his crown, a servant to the Father's love, descended from his throne above, author of salvation, giver of new life, crucified to pay for sin, our righteousness is in the name of Jesus.
day, you made a parade of the devil. You took the gates of hell, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. Sin cannot hold us. Hallelujah. We love you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. Thank you for raising from the dead on our behalf. Thank you, Jesus. Just praise him on your day. Raise your hands to him. Death could not hold you. The veil torn before you. You silenced the boast of sin and grace. The heaven God warring. The praise of your
Hallelujah. Let's take a minute this morning to be in his presence. Amen. Hallelujah. Jesus, you are good. Your mercy endures forever. Jesus, where would we be if you had stayed dead? Where would we be if you didn't go to the cross? We would be hopeless. We would be helpless. We wouldn't know what to do. But thank God you didn't stay dead. You rose again on that Sunday morning. And we're celebrating that today, Jesus. We love you. You are good. Your mercy endures forever. And we praise your name today. Hallelujah. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you so much. You know, I was just sitting there thinking about it. Man, what was Friday and Saturday like that week? My gosh. You know, Jesus, he's your everything. He's your best friend. He's your hero. And then right before your very eyes, you see them kill the man, throw him into a tomb, and you're like, oh, it must be over, right? It must be over. And then Saturday, nothing happens. He's still dead all day long. It's silent Saturday. What's going to happen? We don't know. And then Sunday morning, the devil thought he pulled one over. Amen. The devil thought he pulled one over on Jesus, but he didn't do it. Jesus came back and he won. Amen. And in your life today, the devil may think that he's pulled one over on you. He thinks that he's going to mess your marriage up. He thinks he's going to steal your kids away. He thinks he's going to mess up your health and your finances. He thinks he's going to throw depression on you and discouragement. But in the name of Jesus, we say no. Jesus is alive. Hallelujah. He's alive. Thank you, Jesus. And because he lives, there is hope for you today. There is no situation. There is no threat. There is no storm too big that could overtake your life that Jesus couldn't get you out of. But you got to do it his way. And you got to call on the name of the Lord. Amen. Anyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And that's the good news for us today. And I hope to encourage you for a few minutes here. But I want to give it up one more time for Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Hallelujah. He's alive. Let's do better than that. We can give him more. Hallelujah. Jesus is alive today. Death couldn't hold him. Amen. Death couldn't hold him. He won. He won the victory. Amen. Jesus is alive and he's well. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I'll let you make your way back to your seats this morning. Praise the Lord. We are going to have a good time studying the Word of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I've been excited about this for a long, long time because every day is a good day to remember that Jesus rose from the dead. But there's just something about knowing that this is the day that it happened that just lights me all up, man. I get so excited about Jesus because Jesus saved my life. And I know everybody in here could say, well, yeah, I mean, he saved my life. But my goodness, when I was three years old, I, I got super sick. And my parents didn't know what was going on, and, and nobody could figure out. And all of a sudden, I couldn't walk anymore. They're like, okay, our kid's really sick. So they take me to the doctor, and, and they, they start doing blood work. And they're like, uh, your kid's got leukemia, and he's dying. And praise God, my parents knew where to turn. They turned to Jesus. I was in a children's hospital in Indianapolis, Indiana, and I hadn't been able to walk in a long time. But one day, I felt something pick me up off the table, and I took off running down the hall. The doctor's like, hey, get back here, kid. 
they caught me, they put some needles in and took my blood, and they're like, whoa, the cancer's gone. What happened? It was there, amen. The cancer had been there the night before, and the very next morning it was all gone. And I'm telling you, Jesus can do in a matter of moments what nobody else could do in an entire lifetime. And if you'll trust him today, he could change your marriage, he could change your family, he could change your health, but we've got to do it his way. Give him a shot at it. Amen. Jesus is alive, and I love him so much because he saved my life. Amen. Well, uh, praise God, If you uh, when you came in, they should have given you a little outline for the sermon so you can follow along. If you, didn't get one, if you didn't get one and you actually want one, raise your hand and the ushers will give you one. And if you're like, well, I don't want one, then don't raise your hand. It's that simple. Come on, people. All right? <laughs> but praise God, the title of the sermon today is this. It's Jesus Wins Every Time. Jesus Wins Every Single Time. And I can say that in my life, that every time that I have given it to Jesus, every time that I've done things his way, I have won every single time. And you're like, well, nobody could make that guarantee. Yeah, absolutely. When you do it his way, yes, you can. The Bible tells us that we always triumph in Christ Jesus. Now, there's been times that, yeah, I've taken the L. I've taken a few losses. But if I'm being honest, I could say those times that I've uh, taken the loss, it's always been when I wasn't doing things his way. It's always when I tried to do it my way. Anytime that I've given it to Jesus, it always turns out for my good. And so I know the last couple of years have been the craziest couple of years of most of our lives. I was just sitting here this morning thinking about Easter 2020. I was on the couch watching it on TV, and I didn't like that very much because everything was shut down, and I hated that, but I'm so grateful that we're here today together as a big old family celebrating Jesus, amen, and that's what it's all about, but I know that the last little while has been a time of great uncertainty, and through it all, we've all been looking for something like, can we return to normal, can we just do this, can we do that, there's been one thing that's been the stabilizing factor through it all, and that's been Jesus. He didn't change. He didn't go off running. Jesus has stayed the same because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? He doesn't need to change. If you're perfect, you're not the one that needs to change, right? And some of you are like, yeah, you need to tell my husband that because, hey, tell him, come on. No, listen, Jesus is the only perfect one, right? And I'm so glad that he didn't change, that he doesn't change, and he doesn't need to change. He's been in some impossible situations, but he always finds a way to win every single time. And so that's my title today, Jesus Wins Every Time. Can you say that with me? Jesus Wins Every that's it, every time, and he will bring a victory to your life right now with whatever it is you're facing, if you'll hand it over to him. And so what I'm going to do is pray, and we're going to get right into our message today, and I believe we're going to have a really good time of encouragement together. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, so much for what this day is. This is the greatest day in history. The devil thought he whipped you. The devil thought he pulled one over on you. But you came back and you won, Jesus. You rose again on that third day. And I pray that as we open our hearts to you today, as we open the Bible and study your word, you're going to speak to us. And, Lord, you're going to encourage us. You're going to tell us what we need to hear, not what we want to hear, Lord. And I pray that we leave this place changed for your glory. In the name of Jesus, can someone say amen? Amen. 
All right, so we're going to look at a few things here today. Number one is this. We're talking about Jesus wins every time, four different things, and there's a lot more, but I had to narrow it down, all right? So this is it. Number one, Jesus wins every time against fear. Against fear. And why would we even talk about that? Well, check it out. Out of all the crazy things we've seen over the last while, fear has to be one of the worst things that I've ever come across. Because fear will make people do extremely irrational things. It'll cause people to turn on their loved ones. I mean, we've got whole families right now that are just, you know, you, you believe in this? Well, I don't believe in that. And you're not scared of this? I'm not scared of it. How dare you? You're, you're, you're irresponsible. And families, divided people, turning against each other because fear is a terrible, terrible enemy that comes against us. But I'm telling you, Jesus confronted fearful situations head on, and he comforted people, and he led them through their situations to victory. Now, a couple of my favorite uh, stories about this in the Bible is when Jesus and the disciples faced storms. I remember one time in John chapter 6, the disciples were about four miles out onto the water, and there, a storm came, and it was getting real crazy on everybody, and they're like, what's going to happen? This is terrible. We're going to drown. And all of a sudden, Jesus comes walking on the water. And, I, you know, we've heard this story, and I always thought, man, that's cool. He probably walked a good 20 or 30 feet. No, John tells us he was three to four miles out there at the water. Jesus stopped at nothing to get to those that he loved. And so he's walking on the water. He gets out there, and, and, and they're all terrified and scared. And one of the first things he says is, do not be afraid. I am here. Don't be afraid. I am here. And I think in my life that that is one of the things that has anchored me and held me to the ground. Whenever fearful times come, I always remember the words of Jesus. You know what? I don't have to be afraid. Jesus is here with me right now. Jesus didn't leave. Jesus is here. And Jesus will always conquer fear in your life. Maybe you're facing something that's really scary right now. Cling to Jesus. And he'll tell you those same words. Don't be afraid. I'm here. We've got this. Let's just do it my way. And he'll bring you through it. But I want to show you right here this morning in the book of Mark, chapter 4. Mark, chapter 4. Amen? And we're going to look at one of the other stories here of, of Jesus calming the storm and, and, and taking over the storm here and bringing his people through to victory. But I, I just can't tell you, man, how much I love Jesus. He is everything to me. I love him so much. He's done everything for me. Mark chapter 4, and we're going to look here at verses 35 through 40. And here's a story of Jesus, again, with his disciples on the boat, and a big old storm arises. So check this out. Mark chapter 4, verse 35, it says, As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, Let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. And I mean, that would be stinking terrifying. I remember one time I tried to do a whale watching tour off of Long Beach, and it just got a little bit bumpy and rough, and people were, you know, losing their lives. It was just, anyway, yeah, ignore that picture. But just a little bit of turbulence made a very unpleasant afternoon. I can't imagine being on an old wooden boat, water crashing in, and, and, and the whole thing feeling like it's going to fall apart. This must have been a terrifying situation. 
But out of all of it, what was Jesus doing? Was he freaking out? No. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. And I mean, think about that. Jesus wasn't afraid at all. He was going to sleep through the whole thing. The disciples woke him up shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Silence, be still. Or your King James Bible would say, Peace, be still. And what happened? Suddenly, the wind stopped and there was a great calm. And then he asked them, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? And I'm looking at that whole situation. What did fear do to these guys? They were best friends with Jesus. They had seen all the miracles. But in the midst of a bad situation, they began to question whether Jesus even cared about them anymore. Teacher, don't you even care that we're going to drown? And sometimes in our life in 2022, we may have things coming against us and we're like, doesn't he even care anymore? Because fear is such a potent force that it will begin to get even those close to Jesus to start to question his care for them. And I'm going to tell you today, you better know that Jesus cares about you. Amen? He cares. And if we will call upon him, if we will do the things his way, we will make it through the storm because Jesus will bring a great calm to your life. If you feel like your life's all over the place today, Jesus will bring peace and calm to your life if we'll call upon the name of the Lord. Jesus beats fear every single time. Can we say this together today? Can we say, Jesus wins every time? He wins every time against fear. And number two, Jesus always wins against Satan. Against Satan. I don't want to be talking about that, preacher. I don't believe in no devil. Hey, guess what? It doesn't matter if you believe or not. The devil's real. Uh, but the good news is, is that we aren't afraid of him because we've got Jesus and Jesus whipped his butt 2,000 years ago. Amen. So anytime he starts bringing up stone, like, hey, man, you're a clown. Shut up. Jesus already defeated you. We remember. All right. And we're going to remind you of that today. And I'm going to tell you one thing. The devil does not like Easter Sunday. It is a tragic reminder to him of what Jesus did. And so one of the most important things for us to understand is this very elementary level truth. God is good and the devil is bad. And, you know, a lot of people, that may sound like, well, yeah, everybody knows that. Well, that may not sound like a deep concept, but that's something that you better get established in your heart right now. Because I know so many people, they may have something bad happen or they may see something bad in the world. And they think, well, it's just God doing this to me to teach me a lesson. I guess this is just God's way of getting one over on me. He must be mad at me. And if you think that God is the source of your problems, if you think he's the cause, you're going to be a very confused individual. He is not the source of your trouble. He's the answer to your trouble. And a, and a verse that we quote all the time around here is John 10.10. 10. It says, the thief, the devil, comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus comes to give life and life more abundantly. And the literal translation is he comes to give you a rich and satisfying life. And so you got to establish in your heart today that God is good. The devil's bad. But the good news for the Christian is that Jesus already beat the devil and you have authority over the devil. And so, yes, we know this much that Satan's real. The scripture says that he's our enemy. 
and he's responsible for the devastation and destruction in this world. And people, I get asked all the time, well, if God's so real and so good, then why did this happen? And, and then why did that happen over there? Then why did these people attack these people? Why did these people go and do this? And, 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 and check it out. Listen, 2 Corinthians 4, 4 tells us a truth that a lot of people may not want to uh, receive, but it says that Satan is currently, temporarily, the God, small g, of this world. Well, how could he be the God of this world and in charge of it? Well, God put this man named Adam in charge of the whole place way back in the day and said, you subdue it, you you, you keep this place in order. And what did he do? He sold it out to the devil, right, for an apple or a piece of fruit anyways. And so he sells it out. And since that point in time, Satan has been wreaking havoc in this place. But the good news is that the second Adam, Jesus came and he redeemed us from the devil. He bought us back from his power, but you have to call on the name of the Lord yourself. And so if you've received Jesus, Satan has no authority over you. You just got to rise up and speak the name of Jesus and take authority over him. And because of Jesus, you don't have to be depressed today. And you don't have to be afraid. You don't have to have a bad marriage. You don't have to have a family that fights and can't stand each other because of what Jesus did. He redeemed us, the Bible says in Galatians, from the curse of the law. There was a curse on mankind, and Jesus redeemed us from that curse. And so now you can have a good life on this earth and a really good life when we get to heaven someday. But we've got to do things his way. So when Jesus died on that Good Friday, as we call it, his body was taken to the grave or to a tomb, right? And so his body is buried and his spirit, it descends to hell. And you're like, well, what's that all about? Well, the Bible tells us in Ephesians 4, 9 that he descended to the lower parts. He descended. And what happened down there? What happened when Jesus went to hell? Well, hey, there had to be a battle fought for your very soul. The devil wanted to get you. The devil wanted to steal your soul, your spirit. And he wanted you, man. He wanted to smack you around all over life on this earth. And then he wanted to take you to his destination, hell. But Jesus said, no, it ain't going to happen. And so I'm going to quote here Colossians 2.15 out of the Passion Bible. Colossians 2.15, it says, and this is when Jesus went to hell. Then Jesus made a public spectacle of all the powers and principalities of darkness, stripping away from them every weapon and all their spiritual authority and power to accuse us. I'm going to pause right there. You know, the Bible says that Satan is the accuser of the brethren and of the sisters. Well, what does that mean? It means the devil is constantly accusing you of things and, 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 and tormenting and, and trying to throw thoughts to your mind. And, well, yeah, you know God ain't going to answer your prayer. This happened. And you remember when you did this back then? And blah, blah, blah. Always bringing up your past. He's accusing you, and he's trying to get you to buy his lies. And you got to say, no, no, no. I'm not, no, I am victorious because of what Jesus did. So let's finish this. It says, and by the power of the cross, while he was there, Jesus led them around as prisoners in a procession of triumph. He was not their prisoner. They were his. And so I don't want this truth to be lost on you. Jesus went down there to hell 
in the devil's own playground in his own backyard where the devil had home field advantage. He went down there. He beat the devil up. He beat his little buddies up. And he embarrassed Satan in front of all his friends. And I can think about times that I've you ever seen a bully finally get what's coming to him on the playground, right? They push people around just a little too much when finally they mess with the wrong guy. Well, Jesus went down there. He smacked him around. I like to think that he gave him a good, you know, maybe a good choke slam, maybe right through a table. I don't know. I wasn't there, but I'm just, I'm picturing things here. He embarrassed him in front of all his friends, and he made a parade right down the main street of hell, embarrassing the devil and buying us back from the kingdom of darkness and translating us into the kingdom of his dear son. Amen. We are free if we'll receive that freedom today. And so, yes, Jesus wins every time against fear. He always wins against the devil. And number three, he even wins against shame. He wins against shame. And so many people I talk to seem to live with a a constant sense of guilt and shame from things that have happened in their past. Now, I'll say this, man. We have all made mistakes. We have all sinned, the scripture says, and fallen short of the glory of God. Not one of us is perfect, but the good news is that the scripture tells us in Isaiah 43, 25, I will blot out your sins for my own sake, and I will never think of them again. Now, we're so used to somebody saying, yeah, I forgive you. Then they bring it up the next day. Hey, remember when you did that? I forgive you. They bring it up later on. I'm like, hey, you said you forgave me. Why do we keep talking about this? I'd rather not relive it. Well, listen, when the Lord forgives, he really does forget, and he will never bring it up again. And so if you've asked forgiveness, if you've received Jesus, and you're just sitting there thinking about, man, I just, I remember when I did that, and I just, oh my gosh, I guess the Lord's trying to remind me to put me in my place again. That's not the Lord. That's the devil. He will bring up your past junk and garbage and mistakes all day long. Jesus is not going to bring it up if you've already asked forgiveness and repented of it. He's not even going to remember that it happened, it says. But if you're sitting there, man, I just remember, that is not God bringing that up. Jesus came to deliver you and defeat the feelings of guilt and shame and unworthiness that try to come against you. Now, one of the main guys in the whole Easter story is this man named Peter. Has anybody heard of Peter out of the out of the 12 disciples there? Well, he was one of Jesus' best friends. Now, Jesus chose these primarily 12 disciples. We know he had a lot more than that, because in Luke chapter 10, it says he sent 70 disciples out, but he had his 12 main guys that were his core group of leaders. And he had these 12, and, and when he first came across Peter, Peter was a really rough dude. He was a cussing sailor, man. He he had a mouth on him, and he was just a wild, rough, gnarly man. And the funny thing is, out of all the 12 disciples, you start looking at the list of these guys, and you'd be thinking that he'd pick the most educated and the most well-spoken and the best-dressed guys. No. You look at this list, he picked some rough dudes. He picked some roughnecks. And so he goes through all these guys, and I'm like, why'd you pick him? I mean, he's mean. He fights everyone. What's going on here? Well, Jesus didn't seem to choose people that were the most qualified. He chose people that he saw the most potential in. 
And I'm like, that's good news for me because I'm probably not qualified for any of this. But thank God he sees something down in there. And I think all of us could say the same thing today. Amen. That he chose you not because you've just got it all together. He sees what could really be in your life. If you would submit and surrender to him, he could do a whole lot through you if he could use Peter, James, and John. And so he sees Peter out there one day, and he's like, hey, what you doing over there? He's like, well, we're fishing. What's it look like? And he says, if you will follow me, I will make you to become fishers of men. I'll teach you how to fish for people. And so they follow Jesus, and it's a, it's a wild three years from there. They're going out there. They're healing the sick. They're casting the devils out. They're raising the dead. They're feeding thousands of people with the fish and the loaves. It's a, Every day is a miracle day. And here we come to Matthew chapter 26. Let's look there. Matthew chapter 26. I'm going to read this in the Living Bible today. Out of Matthew chapter 26. And we see here that Jesus tells these guys, man, you guys are going to desert me. You guys are going to leave me. And they're like, oh, no, never, not going to happen. It won't be me. But Peter, being the, the vocal, outspoken man that he is, he gets really bold with it. And here we see just one of the saddest stories probably that we see in the New Testament at first. So Matthew chapter 26 at verse 33. Again, I'm in the Living Bible today. Peter declared, if everyone else deserts you, I won't. Jesus told him, the truth is, this very night, before the rooster crows at dawn, you'll deny me three times. I would die first, Peter insisted. And all the other disciples said the same thing. So Peter's like, even if everyone else leaves you, you can count on me. And he's like, you're the one, you'll, you'll deny you even know me three times before morning. And he's like, that would never happen. And how many times have we been like, I'd never do that. Then somehow it happens. And, and, and we feel so wrong. We feel so guilty and for good reason. But check it out. Let's see what happens next. We're going to get to the good news in a minute. Look here at verse 69. And so uh, Jesus is arrested and, and, and he's being put on trial. They're holding court in the middle of the night. Even back then you didn't do that. This was a phony, fraud, just nasty, stupid trial that shouldn't have never even happened. But they're holding a very unjust court in the middle of the night. It says, meanwhile... As Peter was sitting in the courtyard, a girl came over and said to him, Hey, you are with Jesus, for both of you are from Galilee. But Peter denied it loudly. I don't even know what you're talking about, he angrily declared. Later, out by the gate, another girl noticed him and said to those standing around, Hey, whoa, th this man was with Jesus from Nazareth. Again, Peter denied it, this time with an oath. I don't even know the man, he said. But after a while, the man who had been standing there came over and said to him, we know you're one of his disciples. We can tell by your Galilean accent. And I'm thinking the Galilean accent must have been like a southern accent or something. I don't know. But I was the other day at some place, and I'm like, you are not from Barsawari. He's like, man, I'm from Tennessee, man. I'm just out here visiting. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Praise God. So uh, what's your name? Oh, Peter. Nice to meet you. Anyway, so uh, but he had this accent, and so everyone's like, man, we can tell. You ain't from Jerusalem. You're from Galilee, man. We can tell by that accent. Don't even try to hide it. And so Peter at this point becomes enraged and blows up. Peter began to curse and swear. I don't even know the man, he said. And immediately the rooster crowed. Then Peter remembered what Jesus had said. Before the rooster crows, you'll deny three times that you even know me. And what happened? Peter broke down. And he went away 
crying and weeping bitterly. What a moment. Can you imagine that feeling when it sits in, when you realize, oh my gosh, it did happen. I did it. My best friend, he's always been there for me. Any time that I was down, any time that I had my back against the wall, he came and rescued me every single time. And then in his greatest moment of need, I said, I don't even know that guy. I denied him. Can you imagine, parents, what would that be like if, if you see your kid sitting there getting bullied? You see your kid sitting there getting messed over, and they're like, hey, isn't that your kid? I don't, I don't know him. I mean, good Lord. What? I mean, you would just deserve to get beaten, right? What a low thing to do. And here's Jesus in his greatest moment of need, and his best friend says, I don't, I don't even know who that guy, I never met him. I, don't associate me with him. I don't know him. And when Peter realized what he did, this tough, rough sailor, he broke down weeping bitterly. Oh my gosh, I can't imagine the emotions that would come over somebody in that moment. Probably, I would say, nearly suicidal thoughts. What did I do? I stabbed Jesus in the back when he needed me. What a moment. And so, after all of this, of course, Jesus dies Thank God he rose again, which is what we're talking about today. But when he rose again, Jesus was on the earth for 40 days. He walked, and in three different times he appeared to the disciples. And in John chapter 21, we've got a very interesting moment where Jesus appears to the disciples and has a very telling conversation with Peter. And so Jesus is out there, and he's cooking some breakfast on the beach. And I'm like, man, I've had some good breakfast. I like that grand slam down there at Denny's. But seriously... Jesus cooking breakfast on the beach? Woo! Those had to be some good food right there, man. And so they go out there, and they're talking. They're, they're like, oh, they, they realize this is Jesus. They start talking, and Jesus says, hey, Peter, do you love me? And he's like, yeah, you, you know I love you. Of course I love you. Jesus says, okay, then feed my sheep. And, and so a minute later, Jesus is like, hey, Peter, do you love me? And Peter's like, I just answered this, but yes, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus says, then feed my sheep, Peter. And then a third time, Jesus says, Peter, in front of everybody, kind of putting him on blast. He says, do you love me? And Peter, at this point, it says that he's, he's sad. He, he's confused. He's embarrassed. He's like, Lord, you know I love you. I've answered this for the third time now. Yes, I love you. And then Jesus says, feed my sheep. And I've always read that, and I'm like, why would Jesus kind of put his business out there? Why would he ask him three times in front of everybody? Then it dawned on me one day, oh, three denials, three chances to redeem yourself in front of everybody. I'm like, oh, Lord, you were so good. Peter, I'll bet if Jesus hadn't done that, he would have lived for the rest of his life with this guilt and this torment and never being able to fulfill the will of God. And Jesus gave him three chances in front of everybody, not to embarrass him, not to make it harder on him, but to give him a chance to fully be restored. And in your life, you're probably thinking, man, why would the Lord ask me to do that? Why would the Lord ask me? He's given you a chance of restoration. He's given you a chance to be redeemed. He's given you a chance to right the wrong that could hold you back forever. So don't ever look at what the Lord's doing in your life and what he's telling you to do as, man, I don't know if I could do it. You can do it and listen to me. He's giving you another chance at life today. 
and he gave Peter another chance, and he told Peter, hey, Peter, you are a solid rock, and I'm going to build my church on this rock, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And in Acts chapter 2 and Acts chapter 3, when the Christian church officially got its start, Peter delivered this amazing sermon on that day of Pentecost. 3,000 people got saved all in one day. Amen. And the church started from there. And here we are in 2022 because of all this that happened way back then. God is good and he'll give you another chance and he will redeem you from the shame and the guilt and the embarrassment that the devil tries to hold over your head. Can you say Jesus wins every time? He wins every single time. And the fourth thing I'm going to say today is this. Jesus wins even against death. Jesus wins even against death. Now, death is the biggest fear that many people face. Because there's so many questions we have. There's so many unknown elements to it. Well, when will my time come? When am I going to die? How am I going to die? What happens after I die? What's going to happen to my kids and my family when I'm gone? And yeah, man, you'd probably be a fool if you've never questioned or thought about any of these things. If you've never put any thought into the afterlife, then it's time to maybe start thinking a little bit more. Because everybody is going to die someday, right? They say there's two sure things, death and taxes, right? And so, you know, it's, I, I hate it, but that's, that's pretty true. Death is a real thing. And we all will face it someday unless we're still here when this rapture comes, which, hey, we strongly believe in. And Jesus is coming to take us up to heaven. But anyway, either way, we're all going to stand before God someday. In fact, the Bible in 1 Corinthians 15, 26 says that death is the last enemy that's going to be conquered. And so the scripture tells us that death is an enemy that's trying to hold back the people of God and to scare people for all this time. But once again, Jesus wins every time because for the Christian, we don't have to fear death like everybody else does. What are you talking about? What, why would you say that? Because Jesus defeated death. He defeated it. He faced it head on and he won. And so, so many of these questions that people have, we've got the answers to. What happens when I die? Well, guess what? We're going to heaven if you receive Jesus. What, well, well, when's my time coming? I don't know when my time's coming, but I don't have to lay awake at night, tossing and turning, wondering about it. Because when I do go, I'm going to be in the presence of God Almighty on the streets of gold with the river of life, singing and dancing with Jesus forever and ever. The Christian doesn't have to be afraid of death. It is not that separation that it once was, but it's a reunion with Jesus. And in fact, the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, 55, Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? The grave doesn't have any victory over us anymore. Now, one of the scariest parts, though, about death is the fact that it is a separation. And I believe that this was the hardest part that Jesus faced on the cross because he had never been separated from the Father. In fact, he said in the book of John that I and my Father are one. They had always been together. But here's Jesus facing death for all of us. Judas, one of his best friends, betrayed him and sold him out. Peter denied him 
three times. The other disciples deserted him in the garden. They split and ran. And now his father had to temporarily turn away and separate himself from Jesus. So all of this could happen. So Jesus really could die. And so Jesus could go to hell. And I want to look at Matthew, excuse me, yeah, Matthew chapter 27. Because this is the hardest thing for me to, to even, because in, in this life, uh, I've never been separated from God, really. I mean, I've done dumb things and all that, but I've at least always known, you know, the Lord's there for me. The Lord's with me. And, and, and I've always at least had that in my mind. But for a brief moment of history, the father steps away from the son after his friends left him, after they denied him, and he was betrayed and stabbed in the back. And now here he is dying on the cross, and the father has to step away and let it happen for a minute. Parents, can you imagine having to step away and watch this and, 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 and just leave your kid right there? I, I can't even as a dad imagine what God our father felt as his only begotten son was right there being torn and, and shredded and beaten and bruised. And so here's Jesus. The father has to turn his face away. Matthew 27, verse 45. At noon, darkness fell across the whole land until 3 o'clock. It's high noon and a darkness covered. It's as dark as midnight for three hours. At about 3 o'clock, Jesus called out with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why did you abandon me? Dad, where are you? I need you right now. Dad, where are you? And dad just had to turn away. So I can't, I can't right now. I've got to let this happen. For the first time in his life, Jesus was separated from the father. And a few moments later, he's hanging there. And finally it says, he breathed his final breath and said, it is finished. And Jesus he dies on that cross. And I'm like, that should have been me. I'm the one that sinned, not him. I'm the guy that deserved to be up there. But Jesus said, no, no, he couldn't pay his own price even if he wanted to. Let me pay this price for him. And he did it for you, and he did it for me. And out of all of it, the pain in his body was probably really bad. But the separation from God the Father had to be the worst moment of it all. But the good news is this. As he was separated, he went down to hell, as we said. He fought the devil toe-to-toe. -to -toe. He, he, it says he spoiled principalities and powers. He made a public spectacle on the streets of hell, and he waged war with the devil, and he won. And in fact, Revelation 1.8, he comes back and he says, I am he who lives and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I've got the keys of hell and of death. Amen. So people are like, man, I, don't, I just don't know. He's got the keys. He won. He owns that thing. He's got the keys of hell and of death. And so today, right now, Easter Sunday, 2022, he's asking you to give him the keys to your heart. He's got the keys of hell and of death. But he wants the keys to your heart so he could come in with you. Revelation 3.20, Jesus himself said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens up, 
I will come in with him. And that's what he's saying today. He's knocking on the door of your heart. He's so kind that he doesn't just barge in and say, oh, you will receive me. You will do it my way. Get out of the way. He doesn't force himself upon anybody. He wants you to willingly choose to receive him for yourself. But it's up to you. You've got the power of choice today. And Jesus is saying, I'm knocking on the door. Let me in. If you'll, if you'll let me in, I'll come in and change everything for you. I've got the keys of hell. I've got the keys of death. You don't have to be afraid anymore. It has lost its power over your life. But you've got to call upon the name of the Lord. What a powerful thing to realize that these things don't have to hold us back anymore. We may not know everything that's going to happen tomorrow or next week or next month or next year or if we'll even be here a year from now. I don't have to know all of that. I just got to know Jesus. He knows what's going on, and he's going to lead us through it if we'll receive him today. Can we stand up together this morning? Praise God. I pray that everybody's been blessed. Amen. And so... Jesus is standing at the door, knocking today. And I want to give you that chance to answer his knock today. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, you will never have a better chance than you've got right now to give your life to Jesus. And you're like, well, I don't know, man. I, I just, I'm going to wait for a better time. You are not promised a better time. You, the way the world is right now, I mean, things are blowing up all around us uh, in so many ways. And I would not risk it for one second. And so I'm, what I'm telling you today is this, is that Jesus is saying, come in. Let me come in. Let, let, let me have a chance at your life. Let me help you. If you'll give me your troubles, I'll give you my peace. If you'll give me your anxiety, I'll give you my joy. If you'll give me your sickness and brokenness, I'll give you my healing. He heals the brokenhearted. But you got to call on the name of the Lord. And we're going to give you that chance today. And I want to lead you in a prayer. And you're like, man, I've done this before. Man, knock it off. Yeah, I've, I've, been, I've been in church. I, I've been a member. I was raised in the such and such church. Well, la-dee-da. <laughs> being, being a member of a church is not what gets you to heaven. Amen. Your church tag's either going to fly off on your way up to heaven or it's going to burn off on your way down. The piece of paper don't mean nothing. What matters is, is if you have called upon the name of the Lord and received Jesus and admitted, I need a Savior, I'm not good enough on my own. But it does take laying your pride down, and it does take admitting some things. But I'm going to lead you in a prayer today. Can I have Heather and Jose come up with me? Heather and Jose, these are, uh, this is my, uh, my altar team, my, my uh, ministry partners here. Now, in a minute, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And what we're going to do is, if you pray it and you mean it, and you're getting, you're not playing games. We're not here to play games. There's no more time for games. If you're going to be legit with Jesus today and, uh, and you pray that prayer, I'm going to give you a chance to follow them to the back here in just a minute. And what they're going to do is, if, with your permission, if you'll allow us, they're going to get your information. And what's going to happen is, we're going to set you up with someone that I call a spiritual personal trainer. What's that? That's somebody that'll stand by your side over the next month to get you started. They're going to pray for you every single day. 
They're going to text you Bible verses and a short reading every day. If you've got questions, you can ask. If you just want someone to talk to, they'll be there to talk for you. But I would never just say, hey, pray this prayer. Good luck. I hope you make it. No, I mean, that's, that's crazy. But if you pray with us, we want to give you a chance, <laughs> the best chance that we can give you to really make it and to really change your life. And so I'm going to lead you in a prayer today. And if you'll get real with Jesus, I'll just ask you to just follow him to the back. It'll take just one minute. They'll get your name and number, and we will have someone text you tomorrow and let you know they're praying for you. They're going to give you some Bible verses and some encouragement every day for 30 days. Amen. Can we bow our heads and close our eyes today? Amen. I want you to repeat this prayer after me. This is so important. Say, Father, in Jesus' name, I believe in your son, Jesus. I believe that he died and that he rose again. Jesus, I'm calling on you. Forgive me. Restore me. Give me another chance. I'm coming to you now. In the name of Jesus, give me strength to live for you and never look back. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Can we give the Lord some praise today? Hallelujah. Now, if you prayed that and this was your moment to come back to Jesus, or maybe it's your moment to, for the first time ever, come to him, it is vitally important that I, that I have you follow. Why is that? Why is it so important? Because Jesus said that if you would acknowledge me in front of men, I would acknowledge you before my Father in heaven. Well, I believe that it's a private thing and nobody should know. Hey, he said, if you would deny me in front of men, I'll have to deny you before my Father in heaven. There has to be a point in time when you publicly acknowledge Jesus and let somebody know, hey, I prayed it and I meant it. And so Heather and Jose, they're going to start going that way. If that's you right now, I want you to follow these guys back to our coffee bar area. Amen. Let's give these guys a great big hand today. Hallelujah. Yes. They're going to follow you right to the back there. Go ahead. Yes, let's hear it for these guys. Amen. Right back there to the coffee bar. Thank you so much. If there's others, don't miss out on this chance. Come on. We can do better than that, guys. Come on. Amen. There's people coming to Jesus today. This is what it's all about right now. Amen. And if you're saying, I don't know about it, you've got to have this moment where you publicly give your life to Jesus. Amen. I'm going to have my prayer team come up together right now. And if you're here today and you need prayer for anything at all, we do this every church service. We believe in the power of prayer. I've got a team of people up here that want to pray for you. If you need prayer for your health, if you need prayer for your job, if you need prayer for your marriage or your kids or anything else, come on up. We will briefly pray with you and believe that God's going to work a miracle. And after that, we'll close down here in just a few minutes and do this egg hunt with these kids. But if you don't need prayer, let's just worship God for just a few minutes here today. Amen. Let's do this. Let's go. When death could not hold you, the veil tore before you. You silenced the boast of sin and grace. Heavens are roaring, the praise of your glory. For you are raised into life again. You have no rivals, you 
the Lord. Well, who's been blessed with us today? Amen. What an awesome resurrection celebration. Amen. We thank you so much for being with us. Now, uh, listen, uh, we're still praying for a few people here. In just a minute, we're going to dismiss and do the egg stuff, but I'm going to have my welcome team come back up if I could get them up here. Amen. And uh, they're coming up with some gifts. If this was your first time or first time in a long time with us, if you'll give them that little info card that uh, that we had you fill out. Again, they've got a welcome gift for you. Uh, they're holding the yellow sign right here. It says, welcome home. There you go. <laughs> so uh, come up and give them your info card. We got a gift for you. Got a gift card in there and all this stuff. And we just want to welcome you with us. Now, um, amen. But uh, thank you, everybody. So before we close out here, uh, all right, Pastor Kate, Desiree, this is Desiree. She's going to give you a little bit of instructions on how to get your kids and get to the egg hunt. There are two family photo booths in the back. If you'll go back there, you will take a free picture for you, and we'll put it on an, an album on our Facebook page tomorrow. You can go on there and grab your picture and download it and tag yourself and all that stuff. Anyway, Desiree's going to give you some instructions right now about the kids. So please go pick up your kids, and then there's a roped-off area where all the eggs are. Meet us over here in the very front. We are going to give the littles, preschool and kindergarten, a head start. So we'll start them first, and then we will announce that the older kids can go ahead and go, so that way the littles don't kind of get trampled by the bigger kids. Teens, we did not forget about you. We have a special gift for you. There is a black table over there. And Mr. Nick and Miss Sabrina will be standing over there. So if you are a teen, if you are in 6th grade, 7th, um, 8th, ninth, 10th, 11th, and 12th grade, we have a gift for you. Please stop by there and grab that gift, okay? All right, very good. Well, before we exit, let's go ahead. We're going to close in prayer, and then we will let you go. 
thank you for being with us today. We appreciate it, and uh, we'd love to have you back anytime, all right? So keep that in mind. Let's go ahead and pray, and then we're going to do our Barstow Faith Confession. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for everything that we've seen and heard today. We thank you that you are alive, and that we don't have to be held captive to the devil anymore. We don't have to be held captive to fear or shame or regrets or guilt, but Jesus, we are alive with you, and we receive you today. Thank you for blessing this week and blessing every family and household in here. We love you. In Jesus' name, can we say amen? All right. We're going to do our Barstow Faith Confession. And you're like, what's that? Well, every single service, we speak some blessing and some faith over Barstow because we love Barstow. And we want it to be the best city in the entire world. Amen. So let's say this together. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen.